0: Cabo is on a mission to help dogs live healthier, happier, and longer lives. We have the co-founder and CEO Vino Jayapalan with us today. Thanks a lot for joining us, Vino.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to chat with you a bit more.
0: Awesome. So before you know we deep dive into things, could you could you tell us briefly what exactly are you building at Cabo?
1: Yeah. Um, so at, at Cabo, as you said, you know, we're on this mission to help dogs live a happier and healthier life. And, and really, you know, as a brand, our job is to help pet parents make the experience of raising their pet a lot easier. And, uh, you know, we start by making mealtime healthy and enjoyable again for dogs.
0: Okay. Awesome. And I was reading about you. So you guys did a lot of research around pet parents and pets before starting Cabo. So could you share us some of the insights that, you know, came out of of that research and that helped you identify the key problem and, you know, in turn start the cover?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think with all founders, some of that research is is primary or comes from uh, self-experience. And uh, Mm -hmm. for for my co-founders and I, we had this experience of, you know, being dog parents ourselves. We never thought we'd enter into this world. I never thought I'd be making dog food and and selling it on the internet. But uh, I think what we realized was when our dog, uh, my brother and I had a had a had a chow chow. And unfortunately, she passed away and had stomach cancer. And, you know, we had this interesting experience where the vet was like, Oh, like, you didn't know your dog was going to get stomach cancer. And I was like, you know, that took me aback. Because, you know, how many human based situations do we know where we could predict degenerative Mm -hmm. health issues that far in advance, right? Like, you can't be like, You know, me being Sri Lankan saying, okay, every Sri Lankan at the age of 54 is going to get like problems in their knees, like where where humans are too genetically diverse to to be that definitive. But what, you know, we started learning was that, you know, because pets are essentially inbred in a way to get specific characteristics or look a certain way or be a certain size, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to be a golden retriever or maybe a chihuahua. Uh, what that not only allows us to understand what their physical characteristics might be or to determine those things with great proximity the other thing that's really interesting is there's all this research out there that's compounded over 30 years that really shows you how we can predict almost every degenerative health issue almost down to a specific life stage so Mm -hmm. one thing that i thought was interesting was like yes chow chows at the age of seven or eight are very highly likely to contract stomach cancer um you know golden retrievers uh, or dogs with deep and narrow chests are most likely to get things like arthritis, which lead to hip dysplasia, which is a $9,000 vet bill. And, um, you know, what we started learning on our end when we started doing more and more of this research was that, you know, why don't more people know this? And, and why did we not be more attentive when we first got our dog? Uh, and the reality is, is, we just realized that there's just innate behavior in, in pet parents in general to yes, we, we want to humanize our pets and treat them as our family members, But because they don't talk back to us like human babies who eventually learn how to speak, uh, it's hard for us to know that, you know, our uh, our dog went from being an adult dog to a senior dog. um, And, you know, when you get a puppy, you're not thinking, okay, how do I, you know, plan for stomach cancer eight years from now? You're really thinking, of, okay, how do I give this adorable fluff ball that entered my house uh, a great life today and tomorrow? Uh, and, and that's what we really kind of stumbled upon in the research is that, you know, a lot of the interesting things that we face as issues around pets are actually very, very predictable. And then two, as pet parents, like we do want to take care of our pets and we do want to give them the best life. But, you know, to a certain degree, uh, and, and we need to make preventative care a little bit easier. So those two instincts really kind of uh, or those two insights, sorry, really drove our instincts towards starting to learn a bit more. As like, okay, what are the biggest issues? And when we looked at the biggest issues that, that pet parents face, um, you know, in a study that was done uh, amongst Canadian veterinarians, they said the number one suggestions, regardless of a dog or a cat is really, you know, feeding guidelines and weight control. And surprisingly, just like humans, one of the biggest health issues is obesity and overeating. It's exactly the same issue in our pets. So we find yeah. over 60% of pets uh, in North America are struggling with overfeeding and obesity. So mm-hmm. that's where we realized and said, you know, with Cabo, we have an opportunity here to help making, help make the, the process of raising your pet a little bit easier, but we needed to start somewhere that was a daily ritual. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and for us, when we looked at it, uh, a daily ritual uh, w- with dogs is really, you know, you're feeding them two times a day or maybe even three times a day. Um, you're walking them a couple times a day and you're picking up their poop a couple times a day. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to be in the food business and not as much in the poop business, maybe poop producing business. But uh, when we looked at that, that gave us an opportunity to kind of look at the insights and research that we saw and say, can we use food um, to help provide a healthier life? Yes. And can we use food to build trust amongst the, the dog parents? Yes. And then that really opens the door for our brand to start innovating and providing more services and experiences that makes the experience of raising your dog a lot easier over time.
0: Okay, awesome. I mean, Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I could actually visualize uh, all of this happening in your, you know, earlier stages of of Cabo and you guys coming, coming up with that. So perfect. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Just to understand this better. So how does, how does this work operationally for, you know, consumers who who come to your platform and are pet parents and are interested in your product? So how, how would it work?
1: Yeah, so when uh, consumers hear about Cabo, we're we're completely online, which means that we're we're direct to dog, as we like to call it. Um, <laughs> it's a play on direct to consumer world. Uh, yeah. But you know, c- customers come onto Cabo.co, um, they get to learn a little bit more about um, the brand, what we offer, all these interesting components that really show who we are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as you could see behind me, uh, you know, we try and really advocate for what you know what our entire process is. It's not only the food. Yeah but as well as the experience that we're catering to them. So when customers actually come to Cabo.co, they're actually entering in information about their pet at first. So unlike an Amazon or Chewy experience, we're not telling them, hey, go search, like what's the best food for your dog. You know, people have been doing that since you know the nineties, it's time to change. And instead they give us information about their pet. So they tell us everything from breed, age, um, all the way down to how active they are. And then our algorithm is able to calculate Um, the amount of calories that that dog should be having, using all those variables. And then using that information, we're Mm -hmm. actually able to do one of the biggest things, which is kind of combat overfeeding, right, by giving them perfectly portioned packages on an ongoing basis. And the consumer, when they get this information, um, they're now able to select between different types of recipes. At the same time, they can choose different types of Uh, blends between the recipes, uh, and at the same time, choosing a frequency volume that makes sense for them. So if they, you know, live in a city core center, maybe they're getting their food shipped every two weeks. Uh, If they're out in suburbia, maybe they're uh, getting their food shipped every month or every two months. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, by making that experience easy, we really take away this type of Um, in dated world where consumers have to go online, search thousands of brands or thousands of variations. And instead we take that work out, right? You know, you tell us the information, we present you, here are all the diets that are acceptable for your dog. um, And you can choose not only what are acceptable for you, but as well as your dog. And as they kind of continue their subscription, they have the option between you know, pausing it, um, you know, skipping a delivery, for instance, but it, it, just like we do in a typical human meal kit space or, right. or human ready to eat meal space. But uh, the interesting aspect is cons- we found our subscribers and consumers have really been changing between diets. So sometimes they'll be feeding their dog, uh, let's say, a dry food and then, you know, adding in a freshly cooked food as they kind of go along. Um, and one thing that we, we offer to a lot of our subscribers that, you know, we don't advertise a lot is, Uh, some of the interesting product development that we do. So because we Mm -hmm. have a lot of the pet data, we're able to do recommendations and build products, food products that uh, help either, you know, make the pet experience, uh, pet raising experience a lot more fun, or help them uh, with some functional aspects such as, um, you know, improving their, um, their inflammation or Um, you know looking at a degenerative health issue that really affects them so uh, one example that kind of comes to mind is last july it was national ice cream day and uh, you know as a fun activity our scientists formulated an ice cream for dogs uh, and you know the goal was to make it low calorie. so as you could see here we've we've kind of accomplished that goal it's not a dietary requirement for dogs to have ice cream i'll tell you that or humans (laughs) Uh, if anyone's telling you that they're a little uh you know uh, has a little bit of a sweet tooth but Mm -hmm. From formulating this, uh, this diet, we're then able to take our list of, um, you know, Cabo subscribers and say, you know, which one of them are overweight, and let's cancel, Mm -hmm. let's take them out of the recommendation list, because our goal is to help dogs live a healthier life. We don't want to just be recommending them ice cream, uh, even though their goal is to maintain a healthier weight. Then uh, we then look at, you know, where can we ship this product to and and which customers are eligible and they get this offer and they get it at a very reasonable and low price because they're an existing Mm -hmm. subscriber. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a matter of fact, we're able to now deliver them this very unique experience uh, that's only catered towards the Cabo community. So really that end-to-end experience for a Cabo customer varies uh, individually by person, but... Uh, that's really the, the the entire flow of the experience from the online side to even how we continually provide value you know months out after they get there their uh, the their, their, their reoccurring um, boxes of food that they use for their day-to-day basis
0: awesome I mean that's, that's amazing first of all thanks for that uh, demo that was going behind <laughs> you so <laughs> that that was really insightful and uh, secondly yeah I mean convenience obviously it pays uh, uh, it's a plays an important role when it comes to human food, so so why not for uh, for pet food? And uh, what do do your does your website have those recommendations coming up that your dog might also like this? Is that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so so as we kind of go forward, you know what we yeah. realize is that you know most of our customers are reoccurring customers, right? Because it's not uh-huh. like you just buy dog food and you're done for one day or one month. Right. You're doing it every day, so. Because we're part of that daily ritual and we're shipping them a box every month and we have information about their dog, we always think, you know, how can we make that experience better? How do we keep reminding them that we're here to raise your dog with you? Um, right. so you you won't you won't necessarily see the opportunity to go on our site and buy ice cream as a one-time purchase. But if you right. become a subscriber of Cabo, those are the recommendations you can kind of expect. It's both from, you know, the, the novelty side of being able to produce something that's healthy and enjoyable. Right. Uh, for your pet and then at the same time one thing that we noticed on the functional side as an example was that you know during the initial pandemic boom um, and afterwards a lot of people were trying to spend a lot more time outside with their pets so they'd be going hiking or walking or 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 maybe they're they're out in cottage country uh, with their pet or maybe they're they have their pet with their parents and one of the issues that consumers of pet parents have always faced for a long time is you know how do I bring appropriate food for my dog when I'm on the go or or mm-hmm. trying to find a, a treat that's low calories um, when I'm training my dog while I'm walking. Um, so one of the things that we did on a functional basis was similarly build out a, uh, a snack bar for dogs. So if you've ever had like a Lara bar or an RX yeah. bar or a Cliff bar, we did the equivalent for dogs. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- just this past um Uh, This past quarter, you know, we brought out these oatmeal salmon bars that were designed to help with things like inflammation. So dogs that go hiking, you know, they're putting Mm -hmm. a lot of stress on their bones and, and are constantly active. Um, and then the other side you know the funny aspect of just having our consumers is we can do surveys and learn from them and one of the biggest issues that came up was picking up their dog's poop <laughs> so <laughs> okay. uh, funny enough they wanted a product yeah. that helped them while they were hiking to have yeah. to make their dog have a consistent bowel movement and yeah. um, you know our scientist kind of goes to the the drawing board and looks at components like oatmeal and how the fibers in oatmeal help with poop uh, as right. well as how components like uh, salmon and the fish oil derivatives from there help with things like inflammation and being able to bring a healthy product to market that solves that functional need and um, now we're actually in the process of, 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 you know, finalizing the product into its from its MVP stage, as you see here to now right. into a final product form that allows consumers to, to buy a product that's very similar to, to what they eat when they're on the go. So uh, you know we're really excited to build out this uh, as we call it this subscriber experience when they log on to their Cabo accounts um, to see you know based on what yeah. dogs they have, what yeah. are the products I'm going to be recommended and, and how do they help my dog either functionally or how do they make me enjoy some of those like fun quirky moments that only you mm-hmm. as a pet parent really enjoy
0: mm-hmm. I mean the, the kind of information that you shared it shows how, how connected you are with the customers. Uh, I mean, you have those those minute details or minute pain points of customers available with you. So kudos yeah. to you, that's, that's a great point, to, you know, for other startups to to learn, to be that connected to your final customers, to understand what they want, what are their pain points. I mean, a snack bar for dogs, I would have never imagined that, so <laughs> that's, that's a, a great product. And uh, on, on your supplier side, you are working with a lot of uh, local suppliers to you know, create uh, this food. So was there a reason behind um, going local there? Yeah, I, I think
1: one of the interesting things when we looked at building you know um, a fresh dog food uh, business was mm-hmm. that you know, how do we think about supply chain? Because in the world of consumer product, you're not uh, 100% a tech company. Um, you know, as, as Mark and True Local was mentioning in one of your interviews, it's like, you know, we use tech to drive innovation, right? And, and we're mm-hmm. components of these different entities, right? We're a little bit of a subscription, a little bit of a consumer product, we're a little bit of everything. And one of the yeah. most important aspects is supply chain when you're really looking into it. And, and what we wanted to understand was that you know, unlike how a lot of consumer product business have built over the past few years, they're like, yes, we're making luggages in the States, but you do know and realize that over time, in order to make it competitive, you are moving into markets like China, et cetera, to, to, mm-hmm. to make it, uh, you know, a product that has the margins there. So when we really mm-hmm. thought about it, we wanted to understand, you know, how do we take our skill sets um, and bring it back to Canada? Because we also have this like kind of intrinsic need to to build this business as a um, as, as as a base in Canada but it has a global impact and uh, right. when you look at actually the top 15 uh, pet food manufacturers in the world a handful of them actually come from Canada and that was part oh, okay. of our initial research and we kind of started digging in a bit more and more and what we realized is like Canada has this amazing agricultural um, economy uh, right. from province to province and offerings that allow us to to kind of keep things at home and and be a strong producer in ready to eat meals or food or food production um, or any type of production in the agricultural space. And and that's what really allowed us to leverage a local supply chain is that we can really look at everything from um, essentially produce to proteins and be able to source it locally. And, you know, early on in the food business, you want to be involved as much as possible or be as close as possible to your supply chain so you can learn, right? Because my background isn't from making food, it's from working mm-hmm. at Facebook and watching yeah. and building consumer product companies so yeah. I only know one side of it and you know it's it's dumb to say that like you can learn all those in as fast as possible so it's great to be in a country that we have mm-hmm. such great farmers we have great producers and manufacturers that can you can really learn and leverage from as to you know how they went about um, building their business or what kind of key insights that they can provide and and you know we realized that the opportunity was like right in our backyard so why not take advantage of it and ever since it's really allowed us to scale and and have people who buy into our vision right it's, it's not like we're working with um you know extremely large partners at the in the beginnings so it's really about you know how do you walk into um you know a partner a suppliers uh, office and convince them that hey like okay. my dog food is doing literally no sales but uh yeah. this is where we think the future is going and, and we want you to bet on us and uh, there is a bit of that support when it comes to lo- working with local partners
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, keeping your supply chain concise and close. I mean, it helps bring down the carbon footprint of your products and the company as well, I guess. So yeah, exactly. kudos to you on on uh, you know taking that that path versus uh, outsourcing it to a country which could have brought down your uh, cost. Exactly. And switching uh, gears a bit, so. You and and your twin brother Vijay had started this uh, two years ago, and as you mentioned, I think both of you were working with Facebook uh, before this, I guess, right? And yes. Uh, so, so what uh, what motivated uh, both of you? I I know you mentioned briefly in the beginning, but would love to know more about your motivation behind you know taking a plunge into into entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, f- for myself, it really started uh, when I first joined Facebook, which was. Back in 2012, and for context, you know, people forget that back then Facebook wasn't public. Our biggest thing was page fans. I think I remember everyone was like yeah. vying for likes, and that was our ad product. So I think for myself, what was interesting was um, one, I dropped out of university to join uh, Facebook at an early age. So being in my early 20s, like instead of going to university, my school mm-hmm. was like Facebook's algorithm and like learning <laughs> their new ad system that they were building because I was just like this extremely nosy person who would bug the engineers and be like, okay, why do we have the algorithm like this to understand, you know, the balance between ads and and, and user sentiment on the platform. And it was just a great learning opportunity. But the uh, exposure that, you know, my brother and I eventually had was a lot towards the big e-com boom that happened Mm -hmm. from 2012 for five years onward, where we had brands like Dollar Shave Club, Casper, you know, Away Luggage, you name it, it was happening. On the other end of it, Um, You know, we were working on uh, globalization projects where we were really scaling out the efforts on dropshipping and private labeling coming out of China. I spent like four months there, uh, which is a whole other story going from factories and fulfillment centers. But, um, you know, really, when we were at Facebook, a lot of our time wasn't actually spent saying, OK, here, this is how you do ads or this. It was the Wild Wild West back then. Our goal was to help, you know, fast growing e-com, D2C consumer Mm -hmm. product businesses Um, reach people and what we saw was this great opportunity these digital platforms had to reach billions of people um, and really be able to identify people's offline behavior online right Um, one thing that I always found interesting was that pet parents were so identifiable on the internet Um, you know whether they're looking for a vet they go to google whether they're um, you know just sharing something about their pet they're posting it on facebook or tiktok and it's not like there's a product managers sitting at Facebook being like, hmm, how do we get dog people to post more pictures, (laughs) right? Like it's innate, right? And I think that's what we started learning and seeing a lot more. And that's where we fell in love with consumer product and said, you know, we want to spend the next 10 years of our life uh, building a consumer product because we see how it can make impact to millions of people. Um, And naturally it really aligned with, you know, our, our craziness of just being animal people and and, and becoming dog parents at an, er, at, a, at an early time at facebook and, and tying in those experiences as well as our research and then as well as our compounding uh, experience working with some of these large growing d2c businesses that you know we got to be a part of scaling them to over, over 100 million dollars uh in in less than three years some of them in less than two years and it was phenomenal to see those components and Uh, you know, at a certain amount of time as a, a, as an individual who's kind of been in an environment um, for, for over five years, he said, okay, now it's our turn to take a dive into this and and tie in these experiences to, to build something that was truly impactful.
0: What an inspirational journey. I mean, yeah, thanks, thanks for sharing, you know, uh, your story and, uh, and all those insights, you know. Uh, Lastly, I would just Want to understand what, what lies ahead for, for you guys? Like, what are your plans in, in 2021 concerning your, your products, your market? So, so, what does it look like?
1: Yeah, so, you know, we've only been around for two years, but we've grown mm-hmm. quite fast over the past year. And as well as this year, our continual growth in Canada is kind of the forefront of our focus, as well as a lot of me, innovation on um, not only the supply chain side. But as well as on the uh, R&D and production side. So as I mentioned, you know, as you've seen some of our production around things like the snack bar is of interest. And the other thing as well that we're really looking at is starting to look and say, you know, outside of, um, you know, trying to bring in uh, a better customer experience or building a better subscriber experience online, or some of these new product developments, everything is kind of rooted in people now. We're we're going through the stage where you're no longer the scrappy, you know, five people, uh, (laughs) you know, doing a million jobs. It's really about, you know, bringing the right individuals. And and right now a huge focus for us is like trying to tap into that and saying, you know, how do we find Mm -hmm. Canadians across this country that have an interest in um, taking their experience in animal health sciences and applying it in something very non-traditional? Or how do we find those who are working in operations and supply chain and are really interested in shaking things up and and using data to optimize and and really innovate the way those processes are working? So I'd say like one of our biggest challenges this coming year is really the people aspect, right? It's like, how Mm -hmm. do we get the people to really improve things like the customer experience or or innovation around the product development? Because although we started it and, and we are the driver of the culture it's really around the people that we bring and and i always kind of talk about the founding team and i always say the founding team is really that that first you know two to, to five four years of a business where these key individuals kind of come in and are really yeah. hustling and, and adding value and, and driving the future of the innovation because um, yeah. you know even though the founder the initial founders are kind of the ones who spark it it's really those who we bring on that allow us to um you know pave the path of what lies ahead for Cabo
0: awesome and yeah, uh, looks like you are at a key milestone on your journey. Where the next uh, next step of next round of people are about to come in and, and take this uh, uh, take this forward while you uh, like move more to a strategic uh, uh, role. You and and Vijay both, I guess. Yeah. yeah exactly. So a lot of people yeah. for sure. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Vino, thanks a lot for sharing all these insights. I mean, I had uh, personally I didn't know much about uh, about this space, but while reading about uh, about you and talking to you, I have I have learned a lot, and I'm sure people who would be watching this interview would uh, agree with me. So, thanks a lot for sharing all those insights, and uh, all the best for uh, for your journey ahead.
1: Thank you, and likewise.